When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We made it. College football is back. And we are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. As always, I'm Justin Michael. Week zero slate, not super intriguing, but we'll talk about it a little on down the line. I'm going to dive into a uh, column that was published recently by the Denver Post criticizing both CSU and CU for not landing top local recruits. I'm going to talk about why just the entire narratives around local recruiting are flawed. We see these same types of arguments from certain fans. We see these same articles year in, year out. And a lot of time they lack important context. So I'm going to dive into that. Um, But shout out to CSU Volleyball. Shout out to Emily Cohen. The Cohen era begins with a bang. The Rams took down number 10 Kentucky at Moby Arena Friday night in front of an epic crowd really epic student turnout, a record-setting turnout, actually, from the students, which you love to see. I've talked about it often over the the last couple of years, but it really feels like these students, you know, post-COVID are just really engaged. I think they want to get out and do things, and they've been really willing to support CSU Athletics. There are a lot of schools across the country that can't draw close to 8,000 total, nearly 5,000 students for a big-time men's basketball game. And it's just really unique, really special the way Fort Collins as a whole, the CSU community continues to support CSU volleyball. Obviously, this thing was built by Tom Hilbert, but it's neat to see that the the support continues for Emily Cohen. And I think she was a, a solid hire. It really, it really feels like the players connect with her and that she was the the choice they wanted. And this team's talented. It, there's the potential for this to be a really special year. We've talked a lot about the schedule. You know, Saturday night they fell to Stanford, but I mean, they were competitive against a legitimate national championship contender. So I just wanted to shout out CSU Volleyball here at the beginning of the pod. I don't ever claim to be an expert about the sport. I'm a fan. It's not something I typically cover every now and then. You know, I'll I'll dip my toes in. I'll give updates on the pod. But it really is cool to see the way this program just continues to succeed and I really hope the, the support continues throughout the year. I'd love to see more and more students show up. You know, I'd love to see the, the women's hoops team with McKenna Hofshield back and the talent they have get the same type of support as well. All right. You've waited all year and the time has finally arrived. College football is back and so are the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. That means you could bet on CSU to win the Mountain West. That means you could bet on CSU to take down Wazoo in week one. Obviously, you could have bet on any of the week zero matchups. It's really up to you. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Use the code DNVR. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races, all games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Just call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms. I also want to talk to you guys about Broken Tee, the coolest golf course with the best vibes. They have an award-winning practice facility, 27 total holes, 18-hole championship course, and challenging par-3 course. They have a stocked pro shop full of sick gear. I mean, wall-to-wall drip. Great restaurant, why it's at Broken Tea, and they have experienced teaching professionals if you're looking to refine your game. Coming up on Friday, September 22nd, they will have a charity tournament which supports the Bridge House Tri Cities Homeless Actions Team effort. What they're trying to do is open a navigation center that will provide a facility for community members currently struggling with homelessness. They'll be able to receive temporary shelter, connect with services, and create a pathway out of homelessness for good. Go to BrokenTeagolf.com to make tee times and get the latest updates. Use the code DNVR for 10% off any round on their regulation course. All right, before we get into this, I want to say first off, this is not personal against the Denver Post or, or anything like that. A lot of the talking points that are used in the column are, are pretty common critiques from uh, coaches, trainers, fans. It's just the narrative that surrounds local recruiting Uh, But I just want to point out why uh, a lot of the arguments are flawed and why a lot of important context seems to be left out, or I guess I'm pointing out that a lot of the important context seems to be left out. Um, You know, we hear a lot of gripes from coaches, from trainers that CSU, that CU are ignoring local prospects. And frankly, that's not true. Now, they may not be offering a, a certain individual that you want them to offer, and and maybe that individual is good enough to play. But the fact of the matter is, CSU currently has 29 players from Colorado on the roster. That's the most in the FBS, six more than Wyoming, uh, more than twice as many as CU or Air Force. Now, being fair to the Falcons, obviously they have recruiting hurdles. Really, their recruiting situation altogether is incredibly unique. You can't really compare it to anybody else. I also imagine the Buffs had more local players on the roster before Deion Sanders came to town. Don't really know what kind of local presence they have at the moment or what they're going to have moving forward. Frankly, I don't really care. But when it comes to CSU specifically, I'd argue they have the exact type of local presence that you would hope for. I mean, the truth is, there are talented players in this state, you know, the top 20, maybe top 25 those are going to go on to be productive FBS players. And there there might be a couple other guys outside of that that are fringe that have a chance to develop. But you can't have a roster in the FBS constructed entirely of Colorado prospects, or you're not going to be competitive, especially when you have to recognize that the top 10 prospects year in, year out, they are going out of state and they're going to power five programs, which frankly isn't going to change. You're not going to talk Gage Ginther into staying home instead of going to Tennessee you're not going to talk some of these Cherry Creek kids out of going to USC. The Christian McCaffreys of the world, the Lendell Whites, they're never staying in state. They are always going to go elsewhere. So really, 
outside of maybe being able to contend for one or two of those top 10 guys, you're still going to offer them. And CSU has offered them. You're going to, you know, put your hat in the ring. But realistically, you're going after, you know, prospects 10 through 25. And when you look at the this class that CSU signed last year, they signed three really intriguing local prospects, all of which are going to have a, a strong chance to, I think, participate pretty early in their careers. And they're right on pace to match that with the 2024 cycle. They're going to sign, you know, three to four of those prospects ranked within 10 to 20. They already got two commits right now with Zach Smith and Jack Moran firmly in the mix for Wakalanji, uh, Charlie Eckhart of Arapaho. I'd keep an eye on Alex Jordan of Valor Christian as well. They're going to land 20 to 25% of the top 20 prospects that are in state. And when you look at that top 10, a lot of the guys that are committed to go to power five, Landon Davidson at Broomfield, Max Perot, AJ Burton, CSU was first on a lot of these guys, if not all of them. So when I see people take one player or one coach who didn't happen to get offered by CSU or doesn't happen to have a relationship with CSU and they use that to try and frame a narrative that CSU as a whole is ignoring Colorado. It just, it irks me because it's not true. Three of CSU's defensive starters, local prospects, Chase Wilson, Henry Blackburn, Jack Howell, all really important players. They have more players on the roster from the state of Colorado than any other institution in the FBS and they're setting themselves up to continue to land local prospects, despite the fact that, you know, most years the top 10 are going out of state. They're going P5, but they're still landing three to four of those guys that are ranked 10 through 20. And that's right where you want to be. That's a really successful rate when you consider it that way. If you start winning more consistently, then maybe you're able to start landing some of those guys that are ranked one through 10. And, you know, you prevent some of these guys from going to Nebraska, Kansas State, Iowa State, but it's going to take winning. It's going to take consistent success. And even then, a lot of those top 10 prospects are are still going to go out of state because they always have. I don't know. I guess it's just funny to me that we continue to have these same arguments. You hear the same talking points year in and year out. They never have the, the context necessary to give you a full scope. Like nowhere at any point in the article does it mention the success that CSU is having recruiting on the West Coast, which is also a pretty significant factor. If you're landing four-star prospects out of Southern California, you're not going to be quite as desperate to sign the 26th ranked player in the state of Colorado. And, you know, maybe he goes on to Wyoming or North Dakota State or whatever and turns out to be a stud. And, you know, you miss on some. That happens. But really, it's a numbers game. And you got to fish where the fish are you might technically be able to catch a a nice fish in the the creek by your house, but does that mean you should prioritize it more if you're trying to catch a lot of fish than, you know, going to Lake Dillon or something like that? That doesn't make any sense. Anyways, that's, that's my two cents on it all. I hope this doesn't get misconstrued. I hope that people aren't taking me out of context. I'm not saying they should ignore Colorado. I think having that local presence is important. I think the passion from, you know, when you hear Henry Blackburn talk about what it means to face CU, when you hear, you know, Jack Howell talking about representing CSU in the border war and the Rocky Mountain showdown, I do think there is something to that. But at the end of the day, like while you love their passion, while you think it's a cool story that they're local players, they're also really talented football players. And that's what this this game is really about, talent acquisition. And frankly, the staff's doing a pretty damn good job of, obtaining that talent. 
I understand that just about all of us know some kid that plays somewhere and, you know, he's hopeful to be a D1 scholar and everybody around him thinks he should be an FBS player. But do you really want like the Rudy type stories or do you want to win? Because I want to win, guys. I'm, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of being an embarrassment. And I'm tired of flawed recruiting narratives that typically stem from one individual having their feelings hurt that somebody they know isn't being, you know, recruited by CSU. Not trying to be overly harsh, but it is what it is. All right, let's move on. I feel myself getting a little too spicy here. <laughs> let's talk about week zero, which wasn't the best slate in the world, but actually was pretty competitive and entertaining as far as the Mountain West games went. Uh, real quick, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work in your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Also, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades and affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company. They offer a world-class product, and it's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. But what's especially epic about Shady Rays is every single pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even day one, they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or just return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. They always have your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Cool, cool, cool. Let's get into this week zero slate. Uh, briefly, do want to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC North. You can get that at plus 290, which to me just feels like great value considering you know what you have in Kirk Cousins. He's a good, not great quarterback, but he's certainly more competent than what most of the league has. You have who, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in football and Justin Jefferson. And I just think that with Aaron Rodgers no longer in the division, while I do actually like what the, the Packers have cooking right now with Jordan Love and Romeo Dubs, a couple of former Mountain West stars, but with A-Rodge no longer in the picture, with so much uncertainty in Chicago, and just a little too much love for Detroit before they've actually accomplished something, I really like the value you can get with Minnesota at plus 290. They've been there. They did that last year. I know they lost, or uh, I know they won a lot of fluky games, you know, statistically, they're probably going to regress a little bit. But I like Kirk Cochains, a.k.a. Kirk Cousins. I love Justin Jefferson. And uh, I'm all in on the Vikings. Skull. So DraftKings pick of the week. Lock it in. All right, let's talk about this week zero slate, which, again, on a national level, not the most exciting thing we've ever seen. Uh, Notre Dame opens up with a, a butt whooping of Navy. And I will say that Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest transfer, did look good. Uh, both on the field and on the sidelines, got a rocking beard there, looking really clean. 
But it's just hard for me to get too carried away. I still have a lot of hesitancy with this Notre Dame team. They had a 60-pound advantage with their offensive line compared to Navy's D-line. Navy trying to adjust without cut blocks, that's going to be a big thing for Air Force as well. They just, from the get-go, it was clear that Notre Dame was the physically superior team. Uh, I give Navy credit for fighting, and, and they drove down the field at the end, prevented the shutout. But it was just one of those games where from the very opening drive, it was too easy for Notre Dame. They could run the football at will. They've got a quarterback that makes good decisions with the ball. They pretty much did what they should, but I'm not going to overreact too much to week zero. Some weird stuff can happen. Uh, Let's talk about San Diego State, Ohio, though, because this was the game I was most excited coming in and ended up being a competitive game, not very fun to watch, and that's because Ohio quarterback Curtis Rourke was he was injured pretty early in this one. This is the reigning MAC Offensive Player of the Year preseason all-conference pick at quarterback. He goes down, and the entire game changed. I mean, he was slinging it 8 of 10 for 75 yards. They're moving the ball. He goes down, and then C.J. Harris has to come in. And I don't want to be too disrespectful or anything, but Harris ain't it. You know, he was 18 of 41 with one touchdown and three picks. Two of the picks, it was just like, what are you even looking at? Just throwing it into traffic. One on a screen pass on a dump screen was especially bad. Didn't even see the running back. He was just bad. And, you know, the Ohio defense got the the ball back during the last minute. San Diego State went for it on fourth and three around midfield. Kind of a kind of a questionable decision, in, in my opinion. Hated the play call. But Ohio gets the ball back. C.J. Harris throws his third pick of the game. I, I got to credit the San Diego State defense. They absolutely shut down Ohio, especially after... Uh, Rourke left the game. That said, I still have all of my same skepticism with this Aztec squad as I came coming in, and that's just because, to me, they're more athletic Wyoming. I've said it on the pod before. I've joked about it with Kevin Lytle a bunch. I think I saw somebody tweet that watching San Diego State is a lot like watching Iowa, and it's it's the same point I'm making. They're always going to be a tough beat. They run the hell out of the football. They're going to have good linebackers, a good secondary it's going to be a grinded out type matchup whenever you play them and they're going to win eight to 10 games annually, but they have a ceiling with what they can accomplish because offensively they just, they don't pass the football well. And, you know, Maiden's a good athlete. Jalen Maiden finished 17 to 27 for 164 yards, missed a couple of throws early. I, I thought he settled into a groove as the game went on. He had a pair of passing touchdowns to tight end Mark Redman. Um, he, he's solid, but I really do think that Maiden's limitations as a passer are going to hurt this team in situations where they desperately need to move the ball downfield. I guess it's just got to be that elite skill players outside of running backs don't want to play in this system, but I've never understood how a program based in San Diego with some of the best weather in the country isn't able to recruit quarterbacks or wide receivers, given all of the, the local talent they have surrounding that program at the high school level blows my mind. But yeah, I mean, I I still feel the same way about this San Diego State squad. I still think they're going to be tough. I still think they're probably a a bowl team just because of the the talent they have defensively. They're going to run the football better than they did. But out of the home games that CSU has this year, especially in the conference matchups, I think this San Diego State matchup is one of the more winnable games. I like that it's a little later in the year. You give the offense an opportunity to get rolling. I like that they're going to have to come to Fort Collins in November for a night game. You know, that should play to CSU's advantage. I just, 
I've got some real questions about San Diego State's ceiling offensively. And and I wonder how hot Brady Hoekseed is. I said in my preseason predictions when I was going through some of the teams that I think Hoke gets fired if they don't have a great year. And I think there's a pretty good chance that happens. And especially after seeing the crowd, man. Yikes. After all that noise San Diego State fans have put out there these last couple of years of being deserving of P5 and all this, you're in year two of your brand new stadium. And the thing was empty. I get that they're a, a basketball program, much like New Mexico, but that's not a good look. Not a good look, especially considering the sustained success that SDSU has had, and you're still getting you know, outdrawn by CSU, who hasn't had a winning season in six years. Got to do better than that, Aztecs fans. All right, let's move on. Let's talk Hawaii Vanderbilt. I've been singing the Timmy Chang praises since day one. I was pretty confident that the Warriors would cover the 17 and a half. I know they got murdered on the island last year, but it's just completely different circumstances. You know, this this Hawaii team came on strong as the year went on, and they had a chance to tie the the game. You know, they had a chance to go down the field and tie it with less than two minutes left, unfortunately, through an interception. But you can see the potential with this Hawaii squad. I think they're going to have a, a tough time stopping anybody. They just they don't have the depth on the defensive side. But offensively, if if quarterback Braden Schrager can execute the run and shoot the way he did in, in this one, if they can run the ball better, which I think they should be able to with Hines in the backfield, offensively, they're going to be fun to watch. And I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. I don't think you want to be in a position week 12 with just the way that Timmy Chang has that program going. I think they'll be more competitive week 12 than they they are at the beginning of the year. You don't want to be in a situation where you have to go to the island to win for bowl eligibility and 9 p.m. kickoff. Just the context of that feels like a house of horrors. Horrors, not horrors. Anyways, this one was a lot of fun to watch. I saw Bum Chillips on Twitter, aka Spencer Hall, tweet that, you know, genuinely Vandy and Hawaii, both teams play hard. And I would agree with that. I don't think either of those teams will be very good in their conferences, but I think they'll be frisky. I think, you know, offensively, they're fun to watch. It was kind of neat to see former CSU commit uh, Patrick Smith score a touchdown for Vanderbilt. I have a lot of respect for both Clark Lee, Vandy's head coach, and Timmy Chang, obviously Hawaii's head coach. I don't want to get too overreactionary and and be like, oh, you know, Hawaii's going to a bowl. I did bet they're over in the preseason that I think it was three and a half. I took the over. But as far as week zero matchups go, this one was pretty fun, as was San Jose State USC. Uh, Chevin Cordero showed why he's the preseason player of the year. He had a scamper on third and 22 where he rushed for for 28, and it was just perfect because it was exactly what I love about San Jose State's offense and exactly why I'm fading USC and all the hype they have in the preseason. And that's because, you know, going back to his OU days, Lincoln Riley, they don't play defense. I don't know how Alex Grinch is still employed. Uh, They got their ass kicked in the trenches by Tulane. And really, they didn't look much improved this time around. They've added a lot of new players via the portal, but it's still the same old scheme, still the same old USC identity. And just defensively, I don't think they have what it takes to survive the gauntlet that is a college football season. The Pac-12's got a lot of really good teams at the top and surviving that schedule with the quarterbacks that they have in that league and just some of the how hard some of those other teams play. I I think it's a tall task. Uh, As far as San Jose State goes, 
really impressed with the offense. Cordero showed why he's the, the preseason player of the year. The, the guy's an absolute stud. Defensively, I don't want to overreact too much because you know, you're going against this elite offense, Caleb Williams, all the talent they have at receiver. But, I mean, that was my biggest concern with the Spartans coming in is defensively, what do you bring to the table after losing all those guys in the front seven? You still got a pretty decent secondary, but they have a brutal schedule. And it's why, despite thinking Chevin Cordero is the best QB in the league, you know, coming in by a pretty decent margin, and you've got some young guys kind of nipping at the heel there. But I'm just not crazy about San Jose State's chances of being in the Mountain West Championship game when it's all said and done, despite the fact that I, I love who they've got under center. I think they've got a good receiving core. I think Brent Brennan's a good coach. Just too many questions on the defensive side and a schedule that's not doing them any favors. But hey, you never know. Sometimes you can get baptized by fire and ultimately that that just makes you stronger. There's an, at least an argument, but you know, facing Oregon State and USC and, and the non-con, you're not going to face anything like that in league play, but I mean, their Mountain West schedule is pretty tough as well. Anyways, that's all I've got for week zero. Uh, thank you to everybody that tuned in to DNVR Rams live. That's going to be every Thursday at nine 30 in the morning. You can watch that on the DNVR sports YouTube page. Um, obviously you can listen to the audio in your normal podcast feeds as well, but just trying to bring a little bit more video content for the Ram fam when we can. Shout out to all of you. So stoked for week one. Can't wait to be there. I just got an email confirming my credentials for the showdown. So football's here, baby. I'm stoked to be there for you guys throughout it all. Uh, Much love. Go Rams. Peace. Probably never make it.